this uh, This is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, the London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode of the London is Blue podcast. This is your host, Brandon, with my host, Nick and Dan. And gentlemen, we are here at the RB Salzburg match review. I don't know why you would think it'd be the Leipzig. Match review, Dan. I don't even know why you'd bring it up, but here yeah. we are. What, what kind of idiot would, would, would confuse those two things, you know? Look, hey. to be fair to Brandon, he tagged it correctly on YouTube. He just Described made a bit of a switch. He's really in the multi-club mode right now. He heard Todd Bully talk about it. He's like, love that idea. Got Rich people problems. It. Those are my problems, Dan. Wow. Multi-club. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're the, uh, the, really, the rich guy versus really rich guy, TikTok. That's Brandon Busby's hey. life. If you uh, need any information, just let me know. Uh, yes, this is a two-bedroom apartment for those asking. <laughs> hey, hey, look, guys, I don't want to brag here, but uh, I do have a putting green right outside of this uh, look, this year it's office. it's more than 1,000 square feet. That's so, all I'm saying. Look, 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 man. I know. We're just rolling in it. This is a professional microphone. So It is true. Um, yeah, so we're here tonight uh, chatting Arby Salzburg, the Champions League match, the Graham Potter debut, a lot of, uh, you know, I guess like discussion lines on this one, but specifically we're just going to talk about same, same or same difference. How much was Potter able to change or should we've expected him to in his first week? And by week, we mean like work week, not even full week week. Uh, and then we've got some questions that are looming for Potter during his international break and maybe just maybe some answers. But, you know, again, if we had answers, we probably wouldn't be sitting here. So as always, Dan, we want to get the temp check of the lovely, lovely listeners out there and everybody on social media with the uh, three word match review. How are we doing? How's everybody? Well, look, it ran the gamut today. No surprise, because there were highs and lows, and that's what people came up with. So we had Millhouse with the Wizard Fails Potter. I think he's talking about a specific player. Bill of Rights with the Yay International Break. Never thought I'd say that. Sergeant Soy Sauce with We Didn't Lose. Looking for the silver lining. Sebastian with Can't Score Goals. Unless your name is Raheem Sterling. Robert Hansen with the very disappointing Potter, which uh, I will not try to do that in a uh, Professor Snape voice. It's not going to do it justice. Come on, Ace. Dan. Do it. <laughs> Terry would oh, be disappointed. God. Come on. Very disappointing Potter. Um, oh, no. Yeah, I know. I know. I said I knew it was going to ah. be awful. You made me do it. CFC oh. 27 with super bang average, like my impression. Bruce Banner with the <laughs> how's your Thursdays and the Techie Tiger just really leading into the algorithm with PL All-Stars. Damn it, Techie. All right. Enough enough out of this. Jamie Carragher would like to have a word with you, sir. Really looking forward to his plan. Yeah. Yell louder is probably what he's going to do. All right. I want bad luck haircut. That's right. Graham Potter at the fresh cut. And nope, did do it. I actually thought he looked better before. I I hate this. Break it to him. But he didn't go to All-Star Barbers or whatever reason Fofana are going to. Yeah, he didn't get the heart in the side, which is part of the whole how you how you or power up as a unit. Or any blending whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, no, it was, it's a bad haircut. Let's be honest. I mean, the the cat is not blessed with maybe the most aesthetically pleasing uh, head, and so you really need to like let that thing grow out a little bit. Maybe get a little quaff to it. the The weird buzz thing on the side doesn't doesn't work for him. Mm-hmm. All right. Well. Uh, what about you, Nick? What was your uh, three-word match review? This isn't 2021. All right. He's going to nope. drop it there. Nothing, no framing around it. To be, to uh, be fair, it is a three-word What happened in 2021, Dan? Uh, well, Chelsea did win the Champions League. Really good point about that, Dan. What isn't going to happen this year, Dan? 
Well, Chelsea are going to win the Champions League. Yeah, so you're never going to get Dan to say on. no to that. All right, all right. Well, in in my humble opinion, uh, after starting the group with one draw and one loss and facing elimination from the group and let's just call it two matches, uh, I don't believe we'll be uh, resuming picking up that bigger trophy this year. All right. Uh, Dan, over to you. Well, it is Chelsea's trench run into advancing out of the group stages and into the knockout rounds. That's right. They have to hit the exhaust port on this one to blow up the Death Star and make their grand escape from the bottom of the group. Oh, my goodness. A lot of points on the table. A lot of points on the table. Hey, quick shout-outs to Dono. Brian, Hector, Emmanuel, and Raul for joining us on Patreon. A big shout-out to all of you. Uh, you'll be hanging out in the Discord with us on match days. And let's be honest, uh, that bar is always open uh, if you want to talk to anyone about anything. Apple Podcasts, we have Mick uh, from Great Britain dropping the five-star. We are a bit of a drought, Dan. A bit of a drought. And so we had to go all the way to the UK to, to get a five-star on Apple Podcasts. Well, we just really appreciate it. Again, family members, friends, loved ones, co-workers, random individual you run into who lets you borrow their phone for five minutes. Just make it happen. Five-star reviews. We hmm. appreciate it. And then uh, 4.9 stars on over 1,400 reviews on Spotify, which is going really well for us. Uh, what we is happening those. here tonight? With the Stop it. Are you hearing things? No. Uh, Spotify, what, the, what are you doing? What's happening? I didn't say anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Run the tape back. We'll have to see what happens. Run uh, the tape. Thank God we're going to do that in the form do, of this recording being announced. Let's go. Great work over there on the green circle. Oy, so oy. let's jump into it. It is the match details because we played RB Salzburg this past Wednesday, the 14th of September. Uh, we're in the Champions League. A, a bit different of a feel, but still a special night. We'll get into that. Uh, we're at the bridge. In case you somehow missed it, Chelsea won. Salzburg also had won. Goals coming from Raheem Sterling in the 40th minute and Noah Okafor in the 75th minute assist. Tiago Silva. I love the guy. We'll get into it. I love him. I love him. Dan, lineup. Now, this was probably the hottest debated thing. The lineup was leaked. I don't know if Graham Potter is playing the media game or he's got a leak in the in the in the trusted circle, but that lineup was out well in advance. And it actually, did you see this forced Chelsea to drop it earlier than they normally would have? Oh well, look, you know, things happen. And uh the lineup <laughs> was kept Aretha Blog between the sticks because Mendy was out injured, so he was not gonna make an appearance. Reese James, Aspoqueta, Tiago Silva, and Kukurea where you're back for, again, this is listed as a 4-2-3-1. Was that really what it looked like? Not really. But no. uh, Kovacic or Jorginho, Mason Mount, Kai Havertz, Raheem Sterling, and then Yang made up the amorphous blob of the remaining players on the pitch. And substitutes included Christian Pulisic, Ruben Loftus-Cheek, Amanda Broja, Hakim Ziyech, and Connor Gallagher all coming in off the bench. It was Bettinelli, Chalapa, Zachariah, um, Chilwell, Koulibaly, Chukwameka, and Fofana as unused subs in this match. I like how you cruise through Chukwameka, but it, Zakaria trips you. Zakaria. It really, yeah. <laughs> like, Zach, hey, Zachariah, get, you, get on over here. You graced Chukwameka, and then... Ding, 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 ding. Zachariah, come on down. Oh, right. Uh, some of the top-level stats from this one. Uh, oh, honestly, man. I can't even read it because it's so <laughs> low res. Chelsea had uh, one goal on XG of essentially one. We had 17 shots, four on target, and 72% possession. So um, 
uh, overwhelming to say the least. Uh, but the whole 17 shots, four on target, probably leaves a little bit to be desired. And we you mentioned, fucking think? Yeah, it's 72% possession. Again, you're at home. But the final XG was 1.01 to 0.4. I think I saw like 0.36, 0.38 as well. So maybe they rounded a little bit on that one. But overwhelmingly, Nick, like they didn't have many opportunities whatsoever. But the one that we gifted them, they they obviously buried. And then even on the flip side, they had a goalkeeper make an amazing save in a moment where we really should have had a second. I mean, we'll talk about this more, but it. It's the thing that makes me think that this is going to be a very below average season. I mean, it's not it's not a trend that just popped up yesterday. This has been happening for quite a long time. Um, injection of new players hasn't solved it. Uh, people coming back from injury hasn't solved it. Um, we have not played good football in almost 10 months. Like that was, yeah, I think the early November last year was about the time where we where the where the train kind of stopped on the tracks. I mean, if anyone's surprised by this, I'd love to know why. I mean, it's it's been about that for a while. Uh, one random stat from Add Up to Joe says 1999-2000, Chelsea have failed to win both of their opening two matches of a UEFA Champions League campaign. For only the second time and first since 99-2000 dejected, which is is true. Um, those were like the days when we were spring chickens in a new competition, didn't know what to expect. We're seasoned Champions League vets. Hell, we just won it two years ago. Like, we should not be in this situation, and, and we're going to have to figure it out. But uh, no NVPET, no XB, but instead... We have a little especial from Nicholas. Yeah, I, I just want to give a huge shout out uh, to the RB Salzburg uh, supporters and the Chelsea supporters for the pre-match uh, non-story that they created. Um, while uh, our friends from Zagreb were marching down the streets of Milan doing Nazi salutes in front of God and everyone, the Salzburg supporters decided that uh, they were going to take a different tact and uh, walk silently um, to the ground. Uh, you know, Chelsea fans, Salzburg fans intermingled uh, without issue. The the Met police even gave everyone a thumbs up and said that you did your your clubs proud. I think there, are, you know, there are so many shitty moments around football, and you know, those fuckers in Zagreb doing that today just uh, blew my top, honestly. Uh, but. I think the Salzburg supporters uh, are a real credit to their club, and they did a fantastic, fantastic job today. It was a it was a well observed moment of silence as well. So, uh, just a huge credit to everyone involved today. They brought a banner paying their respects as well. Um, yeah, no, it was it. It didn't happen around everywhere like that. So it was good that we were able to kind of uh, lead in that one. So, anyways, we're gonna take a break real quick. When we get back, we'll jump right into, you know, is this the same or is it going to be different under Potter? How do we kind of, you know, take this and try to extrapolate what's going to be the, in the future, the rest of the season? But until then, uh, thank you to the sponsors for Financially Sporting Show, and we'll be right back. All right, Dan, coming out of the break, you have some shout-outs, don't you? Some plaudits, some respects to be paid, honestly, some admiration that's glowing. 
Well, yeah, it's really to Ishan for what he's been doing on the London is Blue podcast TikTok channel. And if you haven't seen those videos, featuring does great work <laughs> featuring <laughs> stock photos of players with commentary over them and music tracks the way that TikTok does. Hey, who invented the Tiny Mike series? That's your boy over here. I haven't um, seen so. one in a while. I'm missing it. <laughs> I sure haven't done one in a while. That's why. <laughs> Uh, also, uh, if you haven't seen, Brandon Busby is doing almost daily videos on the London is Blue podcast YouTube channel. And you should go, uh, believe, smash, Hulk smash the like button. Smash. You should follow and subscribe to the channel. And then you should share it with other people. Otherwise, Brandon will be sad. And you don't like a sad Brandon Busby. No one likes a sad Brandon Busby. It's true. Um, He's going to get a, he'll get a Graham Potter haircut if that happens. So we, we don't want no. that, ladies and gentlemen. No, no. No, I have far too much respect for myself and my uh, <laughs> oh gift my of a head of hair that I have. So, you look, Graham, you do you, boss. It's kind of your thing. You're an intellectual. I'm not. I need I need some looks going for me, all right? I don't make no, as much as you. I'm not here, as successful. <laughs> all right. Uh, yeah, uh, YouTube's been fun. We're doing something different. It's also providing some more opportunities to bring in new friends. Had RJ from Australia on today. Uh, we've you know, done some collabs. Uh, we're also putting some of the video, the podcasts on the video series out there. We've had Adam Newson on there. Matt Law has been on there. So again, if you ever want to see the faces that I make when Dan says funny shit, like this YouTube is your option. So go check it out. Um, and there is a lot of bespoke content there as well. So anyways, we'll just have, we'll have Dan do a bunch of accents and have Brandon react to him and it'll be like a torture chamber of sorts, but it'll be fun too. You know, as long as it feeds the algorithm. That's well, right. Is it, which is the worst torture chamber for you? Would it be that, Nick, or would it have been this performance from Chelsea? Um, this performance was fine. I, hearing all sorts of bad accents, though, really might do me in after that performance. Not going to lie. I'll keep that in mind. All right. So we're going to look at this and uh, this performance here and just kind of extrapolate as best we can what we think the new Potter era is going to be like for Chelsea. Obviously, the same players, new manager. And did we get a new manager bump? Did we get a bounce? Did we not? So sure. uh, how much did or could we have really expected uh, Graham Potter to change in the last since the last match, which was Tuchel's dismissal? Um, obviously not been a lot of time. He got appointed, what, Thursday? We're now playing on, on Wednesday. So uh, a few days in there. And it got weird in there where like, we thought we were going to play. Then all of a sudden they canceled the game. So, you know, a, a lot has happened. It's not just been straightforward in a linear fashion. Uh, first up, Nick, we can talk about the lineup and the players selected. I think a lot of us were surprised to see a back four. I think me personally, the biggest surprise on the team sheet was seeing Aspi Laqueta as a center back in a back four. Yeah. I mean, first of all, I, I think let, let's just get this out of the way. This had nothing to do with Graham Potter. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine walking into a weirder situation not only having replaced like a, a manager that is beloved across Chelsea media, Chelsea fans, everybody, but then not being able to do your job right away. <laughs> uh, I mean, and probably having some limitations on what you can actually achieve. Like I, this Graham Potter has my patience through the end of this year. And, and you hope to see his ideas begin to be implemented. I like, and, and that is just the way that it is. I don't think that anyone in their right mind could judge him after six weird ass days of being in the job. Like he didn't even have his first press conference until Tuesday. Right. So, I mean, it's 
this has just been the weirdest situation in the world. However, the lineup was also weird. Um, you know, I, I love Aspie to death. I, he's one of my favorite ever players. I never expected to see him in a two. I mean, not when you have a hundred million pounds of center back on your bench. Um, you know, you, you always expect Thiago Silva, but it, that surprised the hell out of me. It surprised the hell out of me that he went away from the, from the back three, frankly. Um, and that he kind of rotated Cucurella into the, uh, into the back four slash back three slash amorphous defensive blob, really, because all we were doing was pushing numbers forward for most of the match. I mean, that was surprising to me, Dan. Uh, I did not see any of that coming, frankly. I think if I were to sum up the lineup and the approach in this match in a singular word, even though I could use three if I wanted to, to stay on brand, safe would be the way I would describe it. This felt very safe, both in the players that Potter knows, like Kukurea, putting him in a position where he would know for him to be successful, safe in that he chose more senior players in pretty much every area of the pitch. So Azpilicueta and Tiago Silva, both knowing club and in terms of maybe total overall safety. Sterling, very familiar with Champions League. You know, Aubameyang, not so much uh, over the most recent history. Um, but, you know, the midfield of Jorginho and Kovacic is a pretty common pairing for us. And so I, I feel like this was the hope of let's get one. Let's be very safe. Let's limit shots. Very similar to Tuchel <laughs> when he came in. And try to make sure that we secure a, a, a tight victory. And outside of really maybe not making changes soon enough to put us in a position where we didn't get caught out, maybe making some of those changes in the defense in the 60th minute to freshen up the legs, to bring on some of the other defenders, we were kind of heading in that direction, Brandon. And so I think in that regard, I felt like it was trending to a really good first outing a very comfortable safe first outing very low risk in the hope that the high, there was a high reward and when you don't risk a lot sometimes you, you you don't win a lot and that's kind of what happened here look i think the first thing i noticed was the speed speed and verticality of this team the the two biggest changes now granted we usually start the games even under two goal this season first 10 15 minutes you know we would press we'd look decent i thought there was some lasting ability in that you guys remember mason mount's turn where he was facing his own goal in the midfield got a hot pass little flick and turn have not seen that from him in a long time uh the Jorginho pass map treat yourselves go take a look i've never seen that man look forward more in my life <laughs> it wasn't always a big ball but like he was slow to play it backwards inside of his and stuff. And so I do at least see some very positive changes from a style and a patterns of play, but like the velocity and the speed, which, which we went from defense to attack. I can't say offense after bullies comments, everyone's going to grill the shit out of us for being American things. Are, times are tight right now for us Americans when it comes to Chelsea football club. Can't, can't afford well, too we, many we, slip ups. Can we? Yeah. We've got great human capital on this show. That we we do. Make sure we uh, put it in the right place. 
But I just saw like this the the speed and transition. Not, not if you saw my Twitter today. There, I don't think there's a whole lot of people who think that the capital is very human. Uh, so there's that. Go well, yeah, definitely that. Um, but I, I was really glad to see that. And then also, you know, we gave up a goal. You know, again, you're not going to have to plan contingency plan around Tiago Silva making that mistake. I I think RJ said in the YouTube video. I think he was trying to like wrap up his foot around it and almost retain possession and get up and go the other way. And it, and it just didn't come off for him. So I, I think that we're good in that sense, but we absolutely, I mean, we, we pummeled them the last 10 minutes as far as like trying to create chances. We were pushing them. I mean, we had opportunities again, to save. Uh, and I think that before that mentality wasn't there, you know, and sh- I mean, Georgino straight up said it in the press conference. Like you want to talk about some like, headlines like Jorginho gave headlines for the for our journalist friends in that one and he was the one who I I don't know what pre-workout he took post Tuchel but he was a completely different player and I I don't think that really speaks volumes for him but um it it is what it is a lot of thoughts on that by the way understandably like fuck that just drove me nuts but I, I felt like I saw verticality out of this team it's something we have not seen in urgency in, in a long time. And the one thing I would, last thing I'd say, I felt like the service came in sooner. Even if they weren't sure, they're just like, eh, I'm going to put it in. Let's see what happens. I think before we would have kind of pulled it back, recycled it, reshuffled it a couple of times and really not gotten anything. Um, so I did like the fact that we were trying to kind of put them on edge a little bit, uh, even if it wasn't the greatest uh, attack at that point. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I see what you're saying. I mean, I think... Moving to the next point, which is, uh, to, to me, kind of the inability to get shots off or shots on target. Like, I like Reese had a really great cross that he put some, too much heat on, right? That Aubameyang was going to cruise in and tap the ball in if he, if he would have hit it with the right speed. Like, th- they're, this team just does not make scoring goals easy and it shouldn't be this hard. There's too much talent in the group. And you look at like (laughs) Obama Yang, for example, I think is on 218 total senior goals. Like guy knows how to score a fucking goal, right? Uh, Has not looked remotely capable. Raheem Sterling's on 112 uh, goals uh, for, for his career. Uh, Thank God he's, decided to slot one home today. He's the only one who looks like he's going to right now, frankly. Um, Kai looked lifeless. Mason scuffed. He just kind of scuffed that one wide. That would have been an easy goal for him last year. He just doesn't seem to to quite have it right now. I mean, Jesus Christ, you want to talk about Hakim Ziyech missing the game winner? I mean... So real quick, funny funny thing on Ziyech, right, is that everyone is so mad at him, yet he somehow pulled off like three shots in the last eight minutes. So we're like yelling for everyone to shoot, and then Ziyech shoots and is like, oh, been off, like you're terrible. But watch that, watch that goal that he should have had. He lets up at the end to just tap it home like it was casual, and he got beat. And it's that kind of like shitty attitude that like too good for – Everyone, like when you're not playing well and you have that attitude, you look like an asshole. Like, and by the way, you cost us the game. So 
Uh, like, again, I, I just look at this team, Dan, and I, I don't know where the goals come from. Like, I, I really, really don't. And if you want to talk about a team that is not as strong defensively as we have been in years past, scoring goals is going to be really important because it looks like we're going to give them up every game. What did you What did you think of Broya? I, I like the look of him. I wish he wouldn't have been offside. <laughs> but, uh, I mean, at, we have to try him. Hashtag we have to try him right there. <laughs> The one thing to your comment around this idea of the the scoring and Ziyech costing us, I mean, if we <laughs> if we defend the goal chance better, if we don't lose our attacker in the box like Asby did, it tracked off. Look, there were a couple of issues like individual mistake, individual mistake. It's a domino effect for this team where all it is is one mistake and knocks down three dominoes and we give up a very easy goal. Like we Kepa didn't do a good job on setting himself to kind of make a determination there. Aspi lost his guy, Tiago Silva, I feel like is the only one who I'd be like, you kind of save us in the majority of occasions and I'm okay with like him having one occasional mistake. It's uh, his goal though. I mean, it was his fault. I I think there were multiple individuals responsible for that one that ball should have been kicked out of bounds if he wasn't going to make it serious i mean like it's it's his goal it doesn't mean that i hate him it just means that he's the one who started that whole move and like there is there is no second or third act if he just does the thing that he normally does so come on we never are in that position if he doesn't do that yeah i I disagree because he tries to keep the ball in play when he can but he He fucked it up and the guy who should have been on the attacker in the box Silva, lost him. Asby, Jorginho. Don't. This is not Asby yeah. and Kepa's fault. This is uh, a this is a bad goal given up by a bad defensive error, and that error started with Thiago Silva. And everyone, if you watch the move again, everyone had collapsed down because they thought he was going to get the ball, and because he almost always gets the ball. And then when the pass comes in, there's one guy careening into the goal, and everyone's like, where the fuck did this guy come from? Because it never should have happened in the first place, Dan. We're talking about Silva, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, look, I I, I do agree. Like, Silva should have handled that with his experience and consistency and things like that. Um, for some reason, You're I not thought gonna we were make talking it, further up the pitch. Out. Yeah, no. he, he, he fumbled it, right? And unfortunately, he made a mistake. Like, in the stats, that'll go down as an error leading to a goal. And, and yeah, like it goes through Aspie's leg. Keppa looks terrible uh, diving for it, frankly. But by by that point, the the mistakes already cost you. Like it's already done. Uh, you have one guy in the box already beating a defender. It's it's over. So, and that's this level. That's Champions League. You don't get those mistakes. And my point, Dan, to you is those goals have been happening a lot to us. Like silly, weird unfortunate against the run of play goals happen to us all the time. And if you can't score and beat them, you're in real trouble. It's the transition. We're getting caught in transition, especially under Tuchel. Look, I broke down every single goal. And and if it wasn't a set piece, it was in transition. There's only one time before we played uh, the two Champions League matches that we actually got beat in a buildup. And that was Southampton. Um, 
And and so yeah, again, but like I I don't think you need to contingency plan against Silva. Like nine times out of ten, you're good. Today we weren't, and of course we got punished. Which means that second goal that we should have had was just far more crucial, and and we didn't get it because obviously we're struggling to score goals. Um, I I I guess again we kind of talked about Jorginho definitely took a step up today as far as like just energy and effort. Uh, which to me is really frustrating. Like I understand like if you have a boss you don't like, you're probably, you're going to try at work, but it's just hard to try more or to like go above and beyond because there's no intrinsic like motivation for that. Clearly, Jorginho wants to prove himself the new manager. Um, I, I can't be convinced that, oh, Graham just has a different message for him and he's doing something completely different. No, the energy the guy was tackling today, which he hasn't been able to successfully complete a tackle in weeks, if not months. Um, and so I think that he looked better, but that makes him look worse. Uh, a lot of people upset with Pulisic. A lot of people upset with Ziyech, copy paste from every why, single week. Why are people ex- upset with Pulisic? They want him didn't to do t- more. They, they want he him touch to like, the ball twice. Yeah, on the field? but it's just easy to blame him. He didn't do enough, you know, type of a thing. Um, he was on for seven minutes. He came on in the 83rd minute. A plus four, baby. He hit double digits. And, and he and he hit a cross, which, by the way, uh, was totally bungled <laughs> in the in the ensuing uh, in, ensuing shot on goal. So it's like I I get why people are upset with Ziyech because Ziyech actually touched the ball and should have scored and then did a whole bunch of other dumb shit by giving the ball away. He was also on the field for about 20 minutes more, so he had a lot more opportunities. Like you're mad at the guy who came on the 83rd minute that he didn't change the game. Uh, Ruben looked good. Yeah. Uh, Connor, he had bursts of energy. He definitely helped us keep the tempo high towards the end. He doesn't have a left foot. Oh, correct. You, you can't play him on the left. (laughs) I mean that, that became like painfully obvious because of where he was like stationed in at the end when they were trying to do those like overlaps on that side. And like Kukurea was coming up. And then he would have to like fully turn his body and like try and put a cross in the other side. And like it almost worked to be fair to him, but that's a right sided midfielder if I've ever seen one. Yeah, I would say if there's two players to me who looked better today, I would say more so. I don't know if I fully agree with Jorginho. I feel like at the end of the game, he got really flat again. And particularly when you're like, oh, okay, you've got, you know, you got the mental clock in your head ticking down, right? Like I know that counts up in football, but I'm thinking to the end of the game, like, you know, you have 60 seconds left, 30 seconds left. Why are you passing it across? Why are you not taking a speculative ball and popping it in the middle of the box and hoping something happens rather than holding onto it to hold onto it? Um, I'd say Mount looked better deeper today than he has in, mostly any performance we've seen from him this season uh, a couple of um you know if he had gotten the goal that would have been amazing but getting back you know particularly kind of in a more defensive responsibility that was nice to see and then Kukurea actually thought looked better after a little bit of rest and then also uh, some of his forward movement of the passes were very crisp today um, and obviously Sterling gets a goal so you know that's always a, a gold star there too I have to look through this to get a little bit more information, but there's no way. Oh yeah, never mind. I'm not even gonna say this because the data is shocking from who scored. So uh, sucks when they don't play on Saturday, and that way we can have have FB ref ready for our Sunday pods. Uh, they don't turn data around that quickly. Um, 
I, you know who probably looked better today, Dan? Who? Mendy. <laughs> I mean, I tease. Why? I mean, that, that's just dumb in point. Like, Mendy's given up shit goals all year. I said I tease because it's been, he's had essentially like two shots on goal and two goals in his two Champions League games. Um, I don't think you'd blame him on big time either one, but it's, uh, he made a couple good saves. He had one where he really scrambled to get down low to the far post. Um, he caught a cross, you know, inside of his six off a corner kick. So, you know, there, there's some lights, but yeah, he still really hasn't been tested. I think that's one thing before we move on is that Graham Potter said post matches, he was glad he finally got to see the players in, you know, uh, a, a serious match, right? They got to see him, uh, competitive minutes, and something I kind of talked about as well is just that, that, you know, as much as he wants to train with the team, I do think he still wants them to play matches so he can see who he can rely upon and who can't, who works together under pressure and who doesn't. Training, you can only do so much in that environment. And then again, like, yeah, we don't play to October 1st, but how many players are going to be around over international break? Chelsea's a top European team. Most of our players are going to be on international duty. So it's not like he's going to be sitting around for the next two weeks with all of his players. So We'll have to see how that goes. I mean, heaven forbid we pick up another knock on on the break, but um, we're not going to put that into into the um, whatever you, you already call did. It. You just you, did you that. You said it. It's in the universe now. No, you put, I said it. We won't. You... Oh God, that's not how it works. Ah, that yeah, is yeah. not how it works at all. It's <laughs> how you declare bankruptcy. Um, <sighs> questions for Potter. Uh, things we want to see solved between now and the Palace matches again is the next one, October first. Um, I think that we've got a little bit of time to, to see how it develops, but again, he's going to lose his players sooner than later. So, um, Dan kind of kick us off as far as like, what do you think are some reasonable things that you would hope that they could accomplish in the next, uh, seven to 10 days or whatever he has? I think the real question to me is how ruthless will Potter be in terms of the players who make it into the next starting 11, the players who make it on the bench the players who get subbed in. I think there were performances today that we've highlighted that maybe are not good enough or not consistent enough to be relied upon. And I think Aspi, when you have maybe Koulibaly or Fafana on the bench, maybe a question, big question mark there as to why that was the choice. You know, I think, again, you go safe, you go senior leadership, you go get your data points, and then you go make a new determination on what that, starting 11 is going to be but i think that's maybe a question same with like the ziesh thing player who was ready to be gone ready to be someplace else doesn't get a move potentially discontented is that a player that makes regular appearances when you could go to someone like harvey vale and be like hey here's here's 10 minutes you know in a game to go make something happen or to your point nick with christian plissick like hey Here's 15 minutes. Here's 20 minutes to go make a change versus four and a half or two oh, and three quarters. Yeah, yeah, how generous. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, this team has to find the right balance of risk taking to uh, defensive solidity. Um, I will not pretend to espouse that I know exactly what that is because I don't think any of us do. But I, I mean, I, I said this on Twitter and I, and I really do mean it like the, 
the team, this is not the 2021 defense. This is not the suffocation, give up zero shots on on goals, zero shots on target. Uh, Mendy having a cup of tea in the goal. Tiago Silva pinging passes. Rudiger dominating in the air defense. That's just not what this is. The new additions that we brought in are probably going to take a while to bet in. And in the meantime, if we know all of that to be true, then we got to score. And like, I just, I think my question for Grand Potter is like, what is the offensive methodology going to look like? It's not, you know, I won't blame him if it looks like this for a while. These players have been drilled by Thomas Tuchel for a number of years to do a thing, right? So you're not just going to forget that overnight. You're not going to forget all the stuff you learned in preseason and all the stuff you've been trained on. And like, I, I anticipate that we're probably not going to see Tuchel or Tuchel's, you know, remnants of Tuchel ball out of the team until after the world cup, probably uh, maybe even longer. Uh, you know, I mean, he had a very specific way of playing football, you know, and Grand Potter has a very specific way of playing football as well. But I'm I'm just curious as to how he implements ideas. I think you saw some of that tonight. I think in you know around halftime it kind of reverted to the mean a little bit um, in terms of like the offensive movement, where the passes were coming from, stuff like that. I don't think it was as creative necessarily until it got to be crunch time. Um, so I'm I'm more curious as to how this team with all of these really talented players, players that have scored over 10, 15, 20 goals a season for their clubs, whether it be us or, or someone else, how they really get going. Because I don't think this defense is going to be watertight this year. And so if you know that, you know that you're probably going to give up a goal, then you're going to have to score two if you want to win. And if you want to draw, then, then you score one. The The chances were there. Uh, you know, the, the stats were there to show it as well. Uh, you know, kind of to hit home on your part, right? 17 shots created you really want to nail to for sure, right? Like, what do you want to score? Like one out of every three or four. Um, we're not quite there, obviously probably one or four out of one or five. Um, but the chances are there. So like what I would want to say is, uh, you know, we kind of touched on the fact that uh, the trigger wasn't pulled soon enough. A lot of times, right. Uh, Raheem ended up dancing a lot on the left side. Couldn't quite get that window. He wanted the one time he did, he buried it. I think we just want to start to see, you know, Reese got a cut on his foot a couple of times, maybe faster decision-making and execution in the box because we're getting in dangerous positions. Uh, we just need to execute. And then same thing, like I think some of the players are finding the ball in places they weren't expecting to. We had a lot of deep crosses today. We normally don't see that. So like Raheem Sterling was getting it on the backpack post. Uh, Ziesh, Reese James were getting on the backpack post. And they kind of seemed surprised that it made it to them. And so they didn't really know what to do with it when they got in that situation. So again, if we can draw something up where the people are, you know, crashing near post in the middle of the goal and it kind of leaves that void at the back, great. But those players need to be ready for that type of service and know what, they, what they're going to do with it when they get it. So, you know, just kind of decision making and 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 acting quicker in the box is is going to convert to goals. I mean, Holland had a jumping side heel flick. Like, what would our player have done in that position? Probably not tried to one-touch it on the goal. Probably not been in the right position in the first place. I mean, like, that's... I mean, the whole the whole ethos of a striker is just to know where to be. Like, and to be in areas where the ball could potentially 
get to. Like it's 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 the ultimate risk reward position. Like, and yeah, you see Kevin De Bruyne or Cancelo hitting a ball to Erling Holland, and you're like, wow, that looks fun. I wish our team could do that. And then you know you see what our team does, and it's like, oof, like. We're not even playing the same sport at times as as what City's doing. And that's part of my point is, do we try two forwards? Do we try a proper number 10? Do we mix it up in a way that allows this team different passing patterns than we've had for the last handful of years? And I would even go back to, to Frank Frank's second year. We had trouble scoring goals that year too, um, even before he was sacked. So... This is a long-standing problem at Chelsea that it's not, you know, Potter's not going to get another eight or ten days off and have it fixed. Like, I think that's a completely unrealistic expectation. But it needs to be fixed. I mean, and that is just math. Maths. Love it. Um, I also was not ready for Jao Cancelo to put that ball with his weak foot <laughs> into that space. Uh, He's an incredibly talented footballer. Mi- missing, missing some of those creativity pieces, I guess. Um, all right. Well, enough about the match. As we all know, we are at bottom of Group E. Not where we expected and probably not where any of us predicted, uh, even just the wider world of football. Uh, Milan are at the top of the group with four points. They drew Salzburg and they just beat uh, Dino Zagreb. Uh, speaking of Dean Mazagreb, they are in second place because they beat us. So they have three points. Salzburg is two draws. They have two points, and we are at bottom with only the single draw in one point. Uh, negative one goal difference. Again, there's four matches to play. This table can get turned upside down really quickly, but that requires points and results. So, uh, Dan, any... It's a, it's a margin game now. It's a margin game yeah. for us in that we now... You would have hoped to have won one or both of these games and be sitting on four points or six points, uh, much like Milan are right now. And now you have to at least get four points out of the two matches against Milan and then win versus Salzburg and Zagreb at the, the back end of it, which means in a very heavy fixture calendar, you are going to be limiting the rotation, increasing the risk, increasing the fatigue on your players to get out of this group. And it is just all that more difficult now. And that's uh, both on the the two managers, Tuchel and Potter, and on all the players for not executing over two matches. But uh, I, I don't I'm not feeling super confident about the Milan matches. But again, a lot can change between now and our next match day. So match day three, there's there's still hope. There's still an opportunity for optimism. Um, and we just got to got to believe we play Milan Much like the sign behind Nick's head. We we play Milan back to back. So at the bridge on the fifth of October, I believe, and then uh, a week later at Milan, and then we play. I think it's switched. Oh well, we'll, we'll double check. You go, you go away, home, away, home, away, home. Throughout. Either way, um, the fact of the matter is, we have four Champions League matches in about a month, right between October. Uh, and then between October 1st and November 2nd, we have 10 matches total. So just over a match every three days. Uh, to Dan's point, there's going to be a lot of congestion. Dan, any exciting results from around the Champions League? We don't need to hit them all. Um, that you wanted to kind of point out that uh, wasn't Juventus losing? <laughs> well, hey, look, you could be like Spurs and you could lose to Sporting. And uh, that is not what we did. We had a draw, so uh, not as bad. Ajax, if they uh, 
just knew where lines were, uh, would have also uh, forced a draw off with Liverpool, which uh, was unfortunate there. I think Leverkusen beating Madrid is probably the biggest shocker of the bunch there. You know anybody there? 2-0 victory. Yeah, there's this guy, uh, young and -and up-and-coming whippersnapper. Yeah, Callum Hudson-Odoi. You heard of the guy? Uh, Good shout-out because we do have our lone army update. We'll touch him in a second. Uh, but yeah, I think, look, Benfica beating Juventus, uh, was probably a bit of a surprise. Rangers are off to a tough start. Uh, Madrid looked good. Um, and then, yeah, I think the rest of the results are kind of funny. You know, sucks that, uh, Barca bought Lewandowski or I guess signed him cause I think he left on a free and yet Byron still knock him down to nothing, uh, shows that they're still a bit more of a team. So, uh, yeah, quick loan update. Uh, Nick, or I'm sorry, Dan, you touched on Colin Hudson and Uh, he was, uh, very integral in the two nothing. I think he was involved in the buildup for both, uh, hit the ground running in Germany, which I mean, it, that's just good to see because this is kind of a, a big year for him. We're hoping to get serious minutes. It looks like Leverkusen wants to play him as much as possible. Yeah. I think that we're very fortunate that the, the loan is showing to be a good decision for him and for the the club that was chosen that he's getting minutes and that he's also finding a way to be a valuable contributor there so that he continues to get the opportunity. Because I think what we've seen multiple times, Nick, is that we get a loan, we think it's a good marriage, we think it's a good opportunity, and then it turns out that either the player doesn't play or the system doesn't fit them. And this seems to probably be one of the at least the start of this season feels like it will be in the running for best loan selection for an individual player's kind of personal and professional growth. It's all up to him. I mean, you know, if, if he gets the minutes, it's all, it's all up to him. So, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see that he's getting the minutes. I mean, we've, we've certainly seen situations that haven't gone as, uh, gone as well from an opportunity standpoint. So that is good. Um, I think, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to, to see how he evolves, like what type of winger or forward he ends up being in that system and what like the long-term vision is for him at Chelsea. You know, we, we know having talked to like Paulo Ferreira before who, who was a, a essentially a, a conduit between Chelsea and Loney's right. That they're, you know, those types of uh, management staff are consistently watching their games are consistently providing feedback from the manager all the way down to the players who are, who are on loan and like managing those players on loan is a real task. You know, they're, you know, in this case, like Callum's in a different country, learning probably a different language, working within a far different system than he was previously, like maintaining those relationships back to Chelsea, hopefully will give him the ability to, uh, you know, come back and kind of fit seamlessly into the system whenever he whenever he gets back from one. And then the second one was Jamie Cumming, one player of the month for MK Dons in August. Uh, him and Tino Andrian have both won player of the match awards, which is great. Um, good to see that kind of an impact. Hopefully they continue to develop uh, their trajectory. But again, just sprinkling in a little bit of more holistic coverage. So shout out to Ishan for pulling uh, info on the loan art. But that is going to end it for us, ladies and gentlemen. That's right, our RB Salzburg match review done and dusted one point out of two matches. Not good enough. Uh, we're going to have more content coming at everyone soon. Dan, your mega pod is almost done for Graham Potter, isn't it? 
Yeah, it's uh, almost fully baked. Last couple conversations taking place, and uh, we should hopefully get you that uh, very, 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 very soon. Nice. Count the berries. That means it is happening. Uh, anyways, that's going to wrap us up for tonight. Again, more podcast content coming at you. Uh, Nick, don't the women's kick off their season soon? Yeah, thank God. Um, <laughs> we need a little bit of positivity in this uh, environment here. Uh, yeah, but the women are back on this weekend. They're away at Liverpool. Um, newly promoted Liverpool, I should say. And that is on Sunday at 11 a.m. Central U.S., 12 p.m. Eastern. And that would be 9 a.m. Dan's time, way out west uh, near the Pacific That's actually Ocean. a great kickoff time for the WSL and the West Coast. Sleeping there, there in, There are play times where it's like 4.30 a.m. No, I wonder, it's, not, it's not happening. I wonder if those matches are going to go forward. Well, we'll wait and see what happens. But anyways... Uh, the, the idea is there's a ton of Chelsea content coming out of this machine. So make sure to subscribe and follow it everywhere we are. Uh, we're done. Good night. We're out. Until next time, Chelsea fans, you know what to do. Keep the blue flag flying high.